You're listening to Partnership Align Podcast, hosted by Ilana Israel. If you're a woman and you want to feel happier and more connected to your partner, and you're not afraid to do the inner work that it takes to get there, then this is the podcast for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Partnership Align Podcast. So today I have a special guest. Her name is Harmony Quiker, and she is a psychotherapist, an author, and a professor of transpersonal counseling. She's also the founder of the Institute of Spiritual Alignment. Alignment is one of my favorite words, and so (laughs) I'm really excited to see that we have that in common. Um, Hey, Harmony, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So, you know, today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the barriers that we've built against love, you know, and when I when I hear that term, when I hear that sentence, what I think about is, you know, the ways that we try and protect ourselves and the ways that the protections that worked for us at one point And then as we get older and we no longer need that protection for whatever reason, um, I've always noticed in myself and and in clients and and in patients when I was a therapist that it's usually those self-protection defense mechanisms that end up being what stands in the way of us connecting with others the way that we want to. So that's what I think of when I hear that. Mm -hmm. What comes up for you? Yeah, I think that um, the strategies that we've developed when we were young were so wise. Like they really um, emerged from an attempt to try to get love, to try to earn safety and to try to find a sense of belonging really with the people around us. And when we continue to use those strategies as adults, they become the barriers that keep us from experiencing the real love that we're longing for. And so often when people are confronted with those strategies and they can see the way that they're actually preventing themselves from getting the love that they want, it can be really um, discouraging and challenging really because um, they don't know what else to do. They've been doing the same thing for so long, thinking that it is the right thing to do, the thing to earn love and get belonging. But, um, but then what if that doesn't work? Right. And so discovering what what the truth is inside of us and what really wants to arise from us requires, I think, a lot of self-awareness and a lot of courage to try something different. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because if you don't know anything different, that means now you have to go learn. You have to ask for help. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to get some kind of a therapist or a coach or a mentor or something. um, And you have to try things that make you feel vulnerable. Which yeah. is which is really hard, especially if you have spent your lifetime trying to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the audience who's trying to kind of like understand this concept, could you maybe just give like an example of how that might look? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a common example is somebody who wants attention from their partner, let's just say like wants a certain type of attention or wants to be heard in a certain way. And um they don't know how to ask for what they want. And so they use these strategies to try to get their needs met, which ultimately end up being a strategy of control. So they're trying to control the way their partner is rather than being vulnerable and asking for what they want. And simultaneously, they're looking at their partner oftentimes as the source of the problem. Like if their partner was different, then I wouldn't feel this pain. I'd be getting what I wanted. 
um, rather than looking within to see how what what it is inside of them that wants to be healed, illuminated, integrated in some way. I think that most people, when when we're looking outside of ourselves for love and worth and belonging, um, there's something inside of us that's left in the shadow, something that we're inherently not seeing. It's in our blind spot. And so it makes it really hard to see. You know, the shadow lives in the deep unconscious. It's It's typically like something that motivates us deeply, but that we just don't have access to, we can't see. And so instead of looking in within to discover what it is that's preventing us from experiencing deep connection and real love and real intimacy, we project that onto our partner and see them as the source of the barrier to love and the, the barrier for deep connection. Yeah, as always, the answer is inner work, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Always. I know we're always looking for something else, but it's always the inner work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting that you brought up the example of like being controlling. I just put out a podcast the other day. I mean, by the time this comes out, it might be a few weeks, but I put out a podcast about manipulative partners. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what you're describing is manipulation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so much stuff like on social media now about like, you know, if your partner manipulate, leave them and you're worth, but you know, and listen, if you want to leave your partner, like I'm fine with that, do whatever works for you. But I also think there's this whole other side to it where we can kind of get curious and and tap into a little bit of compassion and take a look at why would someone exhibit those types of controlling behaviors, right? And I'm not talking about like, you know, like a severe abuse or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, a partner that just doesn't know how to get their needs met Mm-hmm. And so they are just constantly trying to manipulate their partner into making them feel better. Well, I think the thing that can be really tricky, even just with the word manipulation, is that so oftentimes the person who's exhibiting the manipulation is actually believing that they're doing something kind or mm. like if I deny what I want and give everybody else what they want, that's a form of manipulation. And there's a misbelief that that is the virtuous path right? That if I am attentive to other people and give them what they want, I'm going to earn the love that I want. And so to actually recognize that that is manipulation is, first of all, very humbling, right? Like We have to really feel our feet on the ground, on on the ground. I remember when my mentor said to me, this was many, many years ago, about 15 years ago, and she said, Harmony, you really need to step off your pedestal and have a need, Mm. for people to actually see you. And I mean, at that time, that was like really revolutionary for me. Like, oh, I'm putting myself on a pedestal by being needless, which never had occurred to me before, but that's another form of manipulation. Oh, wow. So interesting. So, I mean, then would you say that, you know, manipulation is any form of not being authentic? Yeah, any strategy to try to control the environment and the people around us, the way they perceive us, yeah, yeah, is is a form of manipulation. And I would even venture to say that most people are using some manipulative strategy unknowingly and well-intentioned. Like they're really trying with the best intention not to cause harm. Definitely. I mean, we're all manipulative on some level. I think it's just human nature, Mm -hmm. right? We have this intricate brain that allows us to kind of problem solve in the future and, and, you know, maneuver and figure it out. And when we're feeling 
at unrest within, we're going to use that really powerful brain to try and feel better, you know? Yeah, I I was going to say, it's also so much of why I love working with the inner young one, because it's really a young strategy that is manipulative. Our wise, mature self isn't manipulative. It's when we're we're accessing a younger part of ourselves that didn't get their get our needs met, didn't know how to get our needs met, and maybe wasn't safe to even really be seen and to show ourselves. Right. So the inner child is what you're mm-hmm. referring to. The inner yeah. young one. I've never heard. I like that. Oh. <laughs> that sounds nice. The young yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say to a, I'm just going to say woman because most of my um, audience is women. What would you say to a woman who can see that her partner is manipulative? She doesn't want to leave him. She wants to somehow, you know, work things out, but she's being manipulated on a daily basis. I mean, what would you say to her? I would say that your partner is a reflection of you. They're just a mirror for you to see yourself more clearly. So if your partner seems manipulative, I would ask you to look inside to see where you're colluding with that manipulation, like where you're being complicit Mm -hmm. with that, where you're betraying yourself, where you're abandoning yourself, because that is your own manipulation. And that's really where the humbling work is. Oh, Harmony, that is so good. That's so good because... You know, I was just coaching someone the other day whose husband is clearly very manipulative and um, all I can do is coach her on how she's enabling it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to make those changes if you have been, you know, you can really trick yourself. I was married to somebody manipulative as well. I mean, you can really trick yourself into thinking that you're just trying to meet their needs and you're just mm-hmm. trying to be a good partner and you're mm-hmm. just trying to have compassion for them and all these things mm-hmm. when really like you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our whole system trusts us more when we honor ourselves. And so recognizing patterns of our own self-betrayal is is really essential to learning how to build Mm self-trust. So when I when I honor my truth, when I stay inside my heart, when I have clear boundaries, which I think there's a lot of misconception even around boundaries. Boundaries are really a point of connection, a point of contact. It's not a rigid no. Like a a rigid no is a rigid boundary, but a healthy, flexible boundary is actually the point of which relationship happens, where we are in our truth, where we're curious about another person and we can do the dance of clean connection. Oh, say more about that. What? Are, what? Are, <laughs> let's go there. What? What is? Can you give us some kind of example? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So a lot of people actually have a really open boundary system. And a lot of women have an open boundary system where we feel other people's feelings. Like, I believe that women do the emotional labor of the household so often. And that's because we have this really open boundary system where there's a lot of empathy and compassion. But in the the lack of health, there is this um, deep uncertainty of our own sense of self and so our sense of okayness is is this sort of misbelief of I'm okay when you're okay. And so I'm going to work to make you okay, to make you better so that I feel okay. And that's... Which is codependency. It's codependency and it's manipulation. And so learning how to know what we want, first of all, know what we want, know how we feel as a separate individual and um, really having a sense of autonomy, which is self-trust. Mm-hmm. Um, the word sovereignty is often used interchangeably with autonomy, but autonomy is really about being in our maturity, 
like knowing what we want, honoring ourselves without trying to control the world around us, offering it, offering our truth and seeing what wants to happen and trusting other people to be in their autonomous, mature self also. Yeah. That really aligns with the work that I do um, because, you know, people come to me um, for relationship coaching, for coaching, you know, within their marriage or their partnership. And of course that improves, but relationship coaching is really coaching on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's really self coaching, you know, mm-hmm. not me coaching myself, me coaching them. Right. It's really like, it's really getting yourself to a point where you know what it is that fills up your cup. Mm-hmm. You go and you actually do that. And then you come to the relationship full and complete just to give love, mm-hmm. not to control the other person to make you feel full. Yeah. There's a difference between having a relationship, like having a marriage and being in relationship. And I think that most people don't learn how to be in relationship. Relationship happens in the present moment. Mm. And it's really the quality of presence and attention and vulnerability. And really, it requires us to be available for ourselves in order to be available for another person. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like what you're saying about the um, about the presence, mm-hmm. you know, and and I see that your institute is called Spiritually Aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that, because I mean, spirituality just lights up my entire life. So I want to see mm-hmm. what that means to you. <laughs> Yeah. So my newest book that just came out this December is called Align Living and Loving from the True Self. And it really arose from what I learned from my own personal growth, but also from watching my clients, from learning from my clients come back home to themselves. Um, I've always been able to see subtle energy. So as I'm working with the psychology and the behavior and the nervous system of a client, I am watching the way that their energy flows, like where are they lit up? Where are they contorted? And where does their energy inhibit inside of their body? And where does it open up? And so, um, so much of that is actually seated in our nervous system in the vagus nerve. And um, really um, opens up with our awareness and our breath, essentially. So, um, one one way that I look at alignment is really about looking what pulls us out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And so when we're out of alignment, my language for it is we're in our distortion. And when we're in our distortion, we're identified with our conditioned self, with our personality, with the thoughts in our mind. We are hyper identified with our mind and we think that this is who we really are. And we're disowning parts of ourselves. So whatever is in the shadow, any part of ourselves that we reject, that think that we think makes us ugly or unlovable, and that pulls us out of alignment. And so a lot of the work of coming back home to our alignment is differentiating from our ordinary mind, from our conditioned thoughts and patterns, and claiming our shadow. And that allows our energy to flow more in alignment with the truth of who we really are and as we are designed with our health. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And it's funny, I I just went down the Michael Singer um like rabbit hole, if you know who Michael Singer mm-hmm, is, right? Yeah, I'm, t- I, I'm like, I'm totally down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I read the book, now I'm listening to his podcast, you know. And basically that's what he I mean, everybody's teaching the same thing, just in different words, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's basically what he's teaching as well, is like as long as you identify 
mm-hmm. with your, you know, some people call it ego, some people call it your mind, some people call it, you know, whatever it is, as long as you identify with all of your preferences and your expectations and your likes and your dislikes and your obstacles and your hangups, um, you are so distracted with that, that you're not even able to align with like your true self and who you are underneath all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, makes a lot of sense for what I'm reading and listening to right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, how would you say uh, all of the work that you do, how would you say that could be most beneficial to a couple? Mm, I love that question. <laughs> I believe that intimate partnerships, specifically monogamous relationships, are a deep dive into seeing ourselves with the utmost clarity. I believe that we're either using our relationship to enact our condition patterns or we're using our relationships to grow. It's There's really no middle ground there. <laughs> and so... Um, when we any any thought that we um, have about our partner is really just a reflection of us, just like anything our partner says about us gives us information about them and what's yes. happening for them. And entanglement patterns occur between two people who are in their distortion, who are identified with their thoughts and disowning any aspect of themselves. And um, I don't know if this will resonate with your audience or not, but I I truly believe that the ordinary mind looks at our partner as a separate other. And anytime we look at our partner as a separate other, we are in all likelihood going to cause an entanglement pattern. And so if we look at our partner as a reflection of us, as, as just another me, they are just giving us information about what inside of us needs our attention. Which, and there's the opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll also add though, that we are social beings and there is a part of us that really does need something from another person. And so I don't want to say that even though so much of the work is looking within and giving ourselves what we need and being a secure base for ourselves, that that's the foundation. There also is something so beautiful and reparative about being with a responsive partner who can hold space for us, who can meet us from their heart and who we can be in our heart with and really find that deep, beautiful, real love. I think that most people look there first though. And so looking within first and then creating that clean connection is really where the beauty arises. So then what about, I'm just thinking of, you know, the kind of um, stories that I hear when I, when I get clients, is, you know, what about the woman who's willing to look within and do the inner work and, and then, you know, secondarily looks out and, and, you know, her partner is not somebody who's responsive mm-hmm. or willing to do the work, you know, then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful when somebody loves themselves so deeply that they know that the relationship that they've chosen is no longer the space for them to feel completely loved and cherished in. I think that um, so many people choose a relationship from their wounding. And that's what happens when we're looking outside of ourselves or looking to our partner as the source of love or the source of our problem. And once we, excuse me, start doing this work, we might discover that this relationship actually is a reflection of my wound and not a reflection of the truth of my heart. And that's, if we leave from that place, it can be so beautiful and so transformational. 
What a spiritual, beautiful way of saying leave him. I just love it. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the way you dressed that up. That was great. (laughs) Oh my God. But it, but it is true. I really, um, you know, a lot of what you're saying are things that I already know, but something that you're saying that I've never really termed the way that you're terming is how it's a reflection of my wound. Mm-hmm. That part is so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's really the essence of why we have our clients look within themselves to start being the reparative energy for their own self so yeah. that their wounds can, you know, transfer right. back into the wholeness of their being. So that then the relationship can either thrive in that or thrive in separation. Yeah, I always uh, quote my grad school professor who said, familiarity trumps positivity. Mm. Now we look for what's familiar. And we, yeah, I mean, even if it doesn't feel good, it's like, well, I know how to be here. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just going to, you know, play this out over and over and over again, because I know how to do this. Well, and I, I think when that first arises, like when two people first meet, and there's this like sense of familiarity, it's like, oh, I'm home and home right. feels good. And then it's like, oh, wait, this is the dysfunctional home I didn't want to recreate. Yeah. yeah. Home <laughs> yeah. is not always safe. Yeah. Home is not always safe. Awesome. Wow. Well, what, what an amazing, I just love the way that you, um, like the words that you use and the way that you describe the concept, I really appreciate your verbiage. So tell us, um, where can people find you? What exactly do you do? You know, if somebody's listening to this and they just really want to know more about you, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, my website is thespirituallyaligned.com. And I have so many resources on my website. I have a free meditation journey and I have a spiritually aligned relationship course that I just um, published. A lot of my work right now is about training therapists and coaches. And so Hmm. on on my website, there's a lot of courses there for therapists and coaches who want to learn how to facilitate alignment and who want to learn how to facilitate spiritually aligned relationships also. Love that. Yeah. And I have a couple books out. I have a memoir, actually. And a lot of it is about how I came to leave my first marriage. It's called Reveal, Embody the True Self Beyond Trauma and Conditioning. Oh, listen, I could write that book too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I will... I will never write a book just simply because that sounds like a lot of work, but it is. <laughs> somebody asked me to contribute to a book a few a few months ago and I was like, oh, I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> um, but but I I appreciate your courage and your willingness to tell that story. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm sure I'm sure you do it in a in a very respectful, spiritual way. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very courageous journey to even publish that book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I um my first business coach was like, listen, you gotta start telling your story. And I was like, my story. She's like, Yeah, you know. So mm-hmm. I just put out like a 13-minute podcast episode, you mm-hmm. know, about mm-hmm. my um, if anybody wants to listen to it, I think it's episode 25, I think. Um, and you know, she just really encouraged me to go ahead and do that. And I just, it was so scary to put that out there. You know, it was so vulnerable. It was so, I mean, just like the, the, the deepest parts of myself, the wounds, the healing, Mm -hmm. the everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it felt so freeing afterwards. Mm -hmm. It felt really good. It felt really good because it's my truth. Right. And shame would be the only reason why we hide it. And so when we actually show ourselves, we're we're moving through the shame and it kind of starts to dissipate and we're more present and here for life. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Well, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. Um, I loved everything that you said. I'm sure a lot of people in the audience can resonate with your words and we'll be looking you up and hopefully we can have you back on again sometime. Thank you so much. I'd love that. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, then show some love, rate the show and leave a review. And take a screenshot, post it on Instagram and tag me at Partnership Aligned. And don't forget to check the show notes for your free copy of my 21 questions that will bring you and your partner closer than ever. If there's one thing that I want you to get out of this show, it's that a healthy relationship, it always starts with a healthier you. 